Hey, welcome to Answer the Call. I'm Kelsey Kemp. I'm a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their callings and actually land a job or start a business that allows you to fulfill it. In this season, by the way, welcome to season five. This is so cool. So you're going to hear me address the 10 biggest questions we have about our callings week by week. We'll be covering questions like, can you miss your calling? Does physical, material, or secular work really matter to God? Is it selfish to want to be fulfilled by work? Oh, what about this one? So wasn't work cursed with the fall of man? And is it therefore unreasonable to expect that work could be a purposeful, glorious gift? What about our true callings only for the special few? And so much more, including, oh, just one more kicker. So what about people that are oppressed and have little to no choice in their careers? Are you telling me that they have a calling? This is actually just a small sampling of the big audacious questions that we're facing throughout this series. And this season is as you'll probably be able to tell, I hope, the amalgamation of years of research and study and conversations I've sought out to get to this point where we could come together on some of the most daunting theological questions that often go unanswered and either consciously or at least subconsciously really hold us back from the blessing and the purpose of work that God intended actually to build his kingdom here on earth with a vision and life. So anyway... <laughs> I get all caught up in this. So in these episodes, I want to say, actually, you're going to hear me mention a PDF guidebook that is designed to accompany this series of 10 audio lessons. So it's a 27 page download with all the scriptural references and additional detail and examples to answer each of these questions for you and that you'll hear me addressing in these episodes. So you can get this as well as instant access to all 10 episodes so you don't have to wait for them to come out week by week bundled for you as a little e-course how cool <laughs> at kelseykemp.com slash module one where it's like your little personal library all in one place and you could even share it with friends i really believe that this is something to be spread so you might be asking why module one why is it kelseykemp.com slash module one <laughs> that url one more time it's because this series was actually created for the members of the Calling Academy, which is my signature course helping you clarify your unique purpose and find the job or the business idea that God is calling you into to fulfill it. And this series was created to help the members align their beliefs with God's beliefs about work before they dove into the practical steps of discerning what they were called to do. And we are actually wrapping up this current co cohort in the next few weeks, but you could get on the list to be able to enroll when the doors reopen at the end of September or early October and get on the wait list at thecallingacademy.com. Uh, also, if you just go to my homepage, kelseykemp.com, everything's linked there. So, hey, as you listen, last thing before we dive in, I'm going to ask that if and when a friend comes to mind who you know would be encouraged by this episode, please send it to them. So if you're anything like me, I really found this stuff to be radically encouraging and honestly so freeing and tangibly influential in my career and so i'll remind you again at the end of the episode but just for now be thinking about a friend or a small group or your small group from church um, that you might want to send this to as you enjoy the episode all right now let's dive into today's question
Okay, next question. Is work really meant to fulfill us or should we just find our satisfaction in Christ? Why did I stumble on that? Is work meant to fulfill us or should we just be working to find all of our satisfaction in Jesus, in our relationship with God? Um, this is this is really interesting. I think it's kind of funny um, because I don't think that we commonly question whether or not God wants you to have a thriving um, marriage or relationships or a deep sense of fulfillment and love and even security in your community, in your sense of really being in a family of people that supports you. Um, Or I don't even think that we question whether or not we should have a healthy sense of identity that's fulfilling. Yes, it comes from the Lord, but it doesn't have shame or self-hatred or guilt. And that's because I don't know why we're prone to see this in some areas of life more than others, but we inherently know that we're meant to see and explore everything as it was intended to be in our lives, which is a good and perfect gift from the Lord, as it says in James chapter 1, verse 17. And by the way, for all the scriptural references, I of course always recommend that you go into the PDF that accompanies each of these audios, uh, audio clips. <laughs> um, it's just one PDF that includes everything, all of the references and whatnot that you hear in each of the individual audio clips. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we're meant to rejoice in the Lord and praise him with shouts of thanksgiving. I love how it says that in Psalm 100 for both who he is and also what he has given us here on earth. And that's not a bad thing. Of course, the distinction that is really at the core of the answer to this question is work really meant to fulfill us is that, of course, we were never made to make a created thing an ultimate thing. I like how Tim Keller, Dr. Tim Keller says that, um, never make a created thing an ultimate thing. Uh, Meaning, um, like for example, a spouse is never supposed to be a source for all the love you could ever crave. And money is never meant to be a source for all the security, significance, uh, or control or God-likeness that you could ever want. And food is also not supposed to be a source of endless physical gratification and um, uh, relief of craving. Rather, all of these gifts that are intentionally designed by God to be a part of our life, like work, uh, balanced with cycles of rest and relationships of all kinds and resources, physical, material, financial, um, all of those are good. And in um, when we acknowledge that they are from the Lord and to be enjoyed, used, or served with for the Lord's glory and to be done through the character that the Lord teaches us to have and the strength that he gives us in the vision, the full vision that he sets for our lives to have, then it, all of these good and perfect gifts can have a proper relationship uh, in our life. So like, for instance, if, of course, if you are trying to make work your ultimate sense of fulfillment, it will 
crush you. It will literally crush you because if you, in some part of your mind, it has gotten put in the category of this is my ultimate source of self-worth, of, of security, of joy, of fulfillment, when it disappoints you, because even on the best of days, now that we live in a fallen world that is full of brokenness, even on the best days, we will have moments of work or any other thing feeling fruitless and frustrating and hard. Um, Does that mean that we don't have glorious moments where we feel that God is actually answering our prayer that he told us to pray of make it on earth as it is in heaven. No, absolutely not. Um, just because we will experience brokenness does not mean that we are not in with a holy ambition meant to seek what God meant for good. Um, and to use that as an opportunity that God intended for you to commune with him even deeper. And so as we pursue work as a good, good gift that is a huge part of the way that God designed us to actually tangibly receive the feeling of purpose, of a belonging even, of usefulness, of... Um, of seeing that we are made in his image as he created really cool things, we create really cool things. And all of that, we see more of who God is. And that is so, so cool. So it's meant, work is actually meant to deepen our knowledge and relationship and love of God and therefore deepen our desire, ability, and aptitude to serve him as well. And it just all goes into this endless loop of, Uh, loving God more so you serve him more so you see him working more so you love him and so you serve him more and so you see his miracles more you know it's like this whole circle Um, but if we try to make it a direct line of it's me like at on the throne of my life and work is meant to be my servant that gives me all the positive feelings and significance I could ever want, of course, that's going to die really fast and it will crush you. But even that, even that experience, because inevitably all of us will place someone or something on the throne of our lives and try to make that created thing or that gift from the Lord, the ultimate source of whatever, you know, we're supposed to receive from God. We have all experienced that. You don't even need me to say it you know already that that is a very disappointing and hard moment, but it turns you, it gives you a very, such a special opportunity to turn back to the Lord. Sometimes not even by choice. It's just naturally what our hearts do. We're like, oh gosh, this world is disappointing. So we seek greater meaning and we actually seek God and we see, okay, I'm not without hope. It's just not ultimately in this thing that I see right in front of me, like physically, it's actually in God. And so all of that is good. All of it is good. So the key to pursuing the work, uh, the gift of work as it was intended in the Garden of Eden is I'm going to mention a few things. One, it's by pursuing the gift, like a full, exciting, purposeful, awe-inspiring, kingdom-growing gift of work, like a vision like that of work. 
you can pursue a very high vision of it, but with open hands, surrendering all the results and all the reward to the Lord, knowing that they belong to him. I love how in the parable of the talents that I mentioned so often, um, as a really rich passage that in many ways informs our theology of work among other things, but that's in Matthew 25, chapter 25, I think verses 14 through 30. Um, it, we notice that the master, and I just really encourage you to go study that passage. So you know what I mean? Like couldn't encourage you more to do that, (laughs) but notice that the wealth that the servants in that parable are stewarding it doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the master. So they were given a job, but I mean, we're given life from God. The very breath in my lungs belongs to God. Everything that we are given to steward, not just to own, but to steward is from God and it is for him. So notice that, yes, the wealth in the parable it belongs to the master, but then at the end, the faithful servant um, that the master talks to, he says, "Well done, good and faithful servant. Now come and share in your master's happiness because of the way he stewarded it." Which is just so beautiful that God's not just like, "Hey, be my little taskmaster, be my servant." Not only that, he is such, he is not just our master, he's such a sincere and loving father that I love that it uses come and share in your master's happiness. Because sometimes I think that we get like really Christianese on this stuff, and it's like joy is what the Lord wants us to experience, and joy, it, it we have joy despite good and bad circumstances. And so we like kind of get, um, Uh, only focused on the suffering narrative when actually there's plenty of room to see that God even wants you to have things like delight uh, and many times opulence and even happiness. He's like, come and share in your master's happiness. Because um, I mean, those of us who really get to see amazing earthly father examples um, in our lives, we see that they're like, oh, it's my, like, this really changed my life to hear my dad um, say this. Uh, actually, it was um, just a couple weeks ago. It really, really shook me and blessed me so much to hear this. Um, he happened to help me with a really, really big medical bill that I unexpected unexpectedly got slapped with. <laughs> and I just... I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh gosh, like mm, I want to be taking care of all of this myself. Um, and I just kept on saying to him, like, I, I want you to know, I don't take this for granted at all. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. And he just said, Kelsey, like, I know you don't have to tell me that. I know that you don't take this for granted. It is my delight to give this to you. I do this because I want to. And I'm just like, wow, that is a testament. That is a a shadow, a small glimpse of how much deeper and richer our heavenly father's character is. So Mark Kemp, you're dope legit. Yes. But anyway, so like our heavenly father is even more of a, a God like that. Um, and also another point I wanted to bring up in the key to pursuing work as a gift is 
with the intention to exalt God and not yourself. And I think that we know that we're like, yeah, we'd have to do everything to glorify God. But actually, like, know that much is returned back to you in God wanting you to know how good of a father he is and wanting, like, I, I like how John Mark Comer says it in his book, Garden City. He says, God is not some bean counting accountant trying to, up in the sky, trying to um, squeeze everything out of us and have I can't remember exactly how he finished that sentence, but he is not a bean counting God in the sky who scrupulously just wants us to have a terrible existence. He is lavish, especially like we see that in the Old Testament. Um, He wanted to lavish us so much with resources, with joy, with kingdoms, with land, even with riches. But of course we see um, when that takes an improper place in our life as an idol, he graciously also does many things to remind us that it like our, our riches, our joy are with him. And so in that way, we see that it's a blessing that we have to, Jesus calls us to be willing to leave all things for him. So anyway, um, I wanted to point out here kind of under this point of the intention of work is to exalt God, not just yourself. I think such an interesting example is building the Tower of Babel and that famous um, story that we see in Genesis chapter 11. It actually wasn't a sin. So building a tower is by no means a sin. God actually delights in our advancement of technology, of culture, um, of order, of beauty, and um, society. He really does. There's a reason why he said in our very first commandment, go fill and subdue the earth. And it's so interesting though that you know we could see that the invention of bricks because it says in that passage that um they I'll, I'll read it it said they said to each other and this is genesis 11 verses 3 through 4 um they said to each other come let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar they said come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so we may make a name for ourselves Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Which is so ironic, that last sentence. They're like, we want to stop. We want to make our, a name for ourselves and really collect ourselves around this city, this tower, whatever, around making a name for ourselves so that we aren't scattered over the whole face of the earth. But actually, God very much ordains. He says, fill and subdue the earth, increase in number. He very much ordains for us to be scattered, diversified, um, and grow, uh, and like making much of the potential of the whole earth. And I think this reminds me of also the principle that we're meant to be a conduit for God doing really whatever pleases him, not a storehouse, like not storing up things that we want for ourselves so that we try to create independence from God. And we see this in the famous passage uh, in the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. 
Verses 19 through 21, um, Jesus is talking about do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth. And I think it's so interesting that he's saying do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth. He did not say earn. He did not say do not steward or be the um, authority over uh, resources on earth. Um, or anything like that. He just essentially said, do not hoard treasures for yourself. Because again, building the tower or using technology to advance culture, to glorify God by creating or continuing his act of creating, cultivating potential and caring for the earth. That is a good thing that represents his character, his creativity, his glory. And he deserves all of that lavishness done for his glory in his name. But when we do it for ourselves or hoard up treasure for ourselves, we're trying to create independence from his will. So we're not subjected to it. So whatever you gain though, emotionally, materially, financially, or whatnot from your work is absolutely not bad in and of itself. It's not even bad to want it. It's not bad to want to impact many people, to want to build something magnificent, even to earn quite a lot of financial resources. It is not. It's only a matter of, and it's tricky. You have to be so careful. Like when you're asking to steward these things, it is Um, There is weight to that calling, but it is not bad. And if you rely upon the Lord and abide in him, surrendering all things, being willing to give it up in a second, you can be a steward of much for his glory, much, much, much for his glory. So um, yeah, the key is it's not that you shouldn't go out, grow, earn, impact, Um, influence, all these things. It's just not to store up for yourself and your independence from God. So kind of tying that up in um, this whole question of, is work really meant to fulfill us or should we just find our satisfaction in Christ? Um, Work is meant as a gift, which actually um, God intended for you to share in that happiness and intended for you to feel fulfillment, but with the knowledge that it comes from the Lord and it's for the Lord. And when, when work does disappoint you and when hardships come, you will know quite quickly, oh, this thing actually can't be my God. And I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. I can enjoy the fulfillment that God graciously allows me to experience through it. But ultimately, all of my fulfillment, all of my identity, all of my hope um, and significance comes from him. And those are beautiful moments where we get to be reminded of that. And when we're disappointed, we know that even though we are, like it says in 2 Corinthians 4 verses 18, or 8 through 12, it says like, but our hope in, uh, sorry, wait, no, this is a paraphrase, but like we're hard pressed, but we are not crushed. We are hard pressed, but we are not crushed when we face hardship on the good race when we run the good race. Um, which not only includes sharing the gospel, but also doing redemptive, caring, and creative work as God dignifies the spiritual, material, physical, emotional, and sees them as quite integrated as we've covered in other questions. Um, So, all right. 
that is the answer to the question. Is work really meant to fulfill us or should we just find our satisfaction in Christ? The answer is that we find our fulfillment in work because we first find our fulfillment in God and accept good and gracious gifts from him that he wants us to share in his happiness as we carry it out. Hey, how was that? Enlightening? I hope. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions or thoughts. You could always reach out to me on Instagram at Kelsey underscore the called career. And as promised, just three quick reminders at the end of this episode. Don't forget to go grab the free guidebook that you heard me mention a couple times in this episode at KelseyKemp.com slash module one. That guidebook, as well as the other 10 episodes, are all waiting for you bundled in a little mini e-course all about these 10 biggest questions that we have about our calling so you can finally feel free and clear and ready to go out and follow your calling for the glory of God and the good of others. So go get that free guidebook too. Don't forget to send this to a friend that you may have thought of or your small group at church or whoever you really think would be very encouraged and enriched by this episode three. Of course, I always appreciate your support so much through a review. Makes a huge difference. As you've heard, rumor has spread. (laughs) It actually makes a big difference on podcasts if you leave just a couple, doesn't have to be fancy, words in a written review and hit the stars for a rating. I would appreciate that so much. And lastly, it's not a reminder, it's actually a little announcement that's kind of cool. So it is that I created a fun new page on my website kelseykemp.com slash free. And that is where I'm housing all the free stuff that I've created for you, resources for your career, for the discernment of your calling, job search tips, a lot of stuff like that, all housed at kelseykemp.com slash free. So you could just get them in any other free resources I have happened to mention over the long history of this podcast over there at kelseykemp.com slash free. And if I do say so myself, it's a pretty cute webpage. So go check that out. Um, The other announcement I have for you is that the Calling Academy, which I mentioned up at the front of this episode in the intro, is opening back up for enrollment and you could get on the wait list at kelseykemp.com slash TCA or thecallingacademy.com, whichever is easier to remember. Both URLs will take you to the same place. Uh, So, all right. I really hope this encouraged you. I'll talk to you next week when the next episode in season five comes out on Tuesday.